Welcome to the Hot Chicks Write Hot Books podcast with Jen Foster and Melanie Johnson, where authors give you their inside secret tips on how to be a successful best-selling author. Hey, welcome to our podcast again. I'm here, Melanie Johnson, with Jen Foster, bringing you the best and brightest in our industry um, to help you market your business and your books better. So we want to remind you to please uh, like our podcast, share our podcast, tell others about it. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at EliteOnlinePublishing.com, and we always love to hear more from you. So today, we have Dave Chesson with us, and you know, Jen and I are in the publishing business. We're known for making authors number one bestsellers but one of their biggest problems is how do I continue to market my books and keep getting sales of my book and Dave has some software products and we use one of them all the time he has a company called the Kindlepreneur and we love his services and love his products so we're here to pick his brain today now even if you don't have a book and you're not an author I think a lot of the strategies that you have can work for any business so keep your ears peeled and see how you can apply it for your business business as well. Dave, welcome. Thanks for coming today. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. Tell us a little bit, how did you get started in the Amazon e-business and um, you know, promoting books and marketing? And I know you have an SEO background. Tell us how you blended that together. Sure. Well, actually, I was in the U.S. military. I was uh, in, the, in the Navy at the time, and they kept sending me all over the world without my family. So my wife and I had one of those heart-to-hearts. We were like, look, what's your definition of success here? And not going to lie, it wasn't to become an admiral or anything. So we asked ourselves, why are we doing this? And so while I was doing my military obligation, I started to learn about how I could grow business online. Mm-hmm. Why, and that's when I really started to focus on SEO, which is search engine optimization. Basically, it's a skill to make things rank higher and get in front of people when they go to a search engine like Google, or as we'll talk about, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, And then I all of a sudden started writing books. And the thing was, was that using my SEO background and knowing what people were typing into Google or Amazon for that matter, I knew that I could create content. I could create books where there was a hungry market, but they weren't finding what they were looking for. And so when I blended all that together, uh, it was, it was pretty glorious. Um, well, we'll put it that way. And I'm very happy to say that a year ago, just about a year and a month ago, I was able to get out of the military and I now live at home uh, with my family. It's funny to say that way. I live at home, but true for the military members. Um, And I get to see my kids every day. So I'm so happy and it's my writing that's really got me there. That's wonderful. I think it's so great um, when you stop and ask yourself that question of why am I doing this and what do I want to be doing and what what can I do to get there? So I love book action on that. Right. Well, and let me put that one step further too. You know, we as authors, right, when we decide to start writing a book and then market it, you know, it's kind of like climbing Mount Everest to a lot of us, right? It's a momentous occasion. So you, what you really have to do is ask yourself, what are you doing it for? And if you can't define that, then you're not going to keep with it when things get tough, when life gets in the way. You're not going to make a couple of changes, you know, in your habits and your, your time scale. One of the things that really helped me to be able to be a full-time dad and in the military was to, I got up early in the morning and I made that my time to write. You know, it was, uh, for me, it was 4 a.m. in the morning and I'd write from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. before the little critters got up and started yelling at me, give me breakfast. (laughs) But just by doing that every morning, it became a habit and the habit turned into a skill and the skill turned into results. 
Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Well, I love what you said. And anyone getting started on a book, that's exactly what you need to do. Set aside a time, right? And then create that habit and get the results. I love that. So tell us some of the tools that you developed and how they are helping authors. I mean, so many people struggle that they've got their book out there and then it's just not getting sales. It's ranked so low and they don't know what to do because a lot of them are maybe not be marketers. That's not their thing. So what are some of the tips that you help to get a, a book to keep up there and get that residual income keep coming in for them? Yeah, well, when it comes to book marketing, there's really two methods to it, okay? One is, is that you find out what the current audience wants in the market, and you either tailor your book to that or you write to that market. And when you do that, you know that there are people on Amazon willing to buy your book. But say, for example, you do your research and you find out, well, you know, they're really, they aren't searching for my kind of book or it's too competitive, then it doesn't mean you can't write that book. What it does mean though, is you have to start depending on method two and method two is going out in the internet, finding that market, grabbing them by the collar and bringing them to your book. Okay. Um, it's method two is a lot easier. If you have an author platform, you've grown an email list, you, you know, are a whiz at Facebook ads. You can crack out some awesome AMS ads and get results. Those are skills or those are assets that you can use. But for a lot of us, we don't have that. So the key is, is that if you do market research and you look and you find out that, you know, there just isn't a market on Amazon for this, it doesn't mean you can't write the book. It just means you can't depend on Amazon to make the sales for you, okay? So one of the things for myself was, was that when I started writing, like I, like I said earlier, I wanted to check, I wanted to learn what the market on Amazon was doing, what they were typing, what they were willing to pay for, and whether or not there was a, too much competition for someone like me who didn't have a huge email list back then or something to be able to enter, okay? And I found some amazing things. I was able to figure out like what words people used in Amazon when they were searching for the book they were gonna buy. I figured out how to find out how much money other, other authors were making by creating this, you know, these calculators and, and you know, uh, mathematical equations. And then finally, I was able to compute exactly how much competition there really was. You know, some people say, well, it's the number of books that show up, but man, there's so much more to it. So when I did this, I had key insight. I knew that the book I was about to write had a hungry market that was willing to pay for it. And I knew I could get in. That to me validated all the time, effort, money, sweat, tears poured into the book because I knew from day one, it had a lot of room for, for success. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing about that though, is that when I tried to like write out my whole process and list it and give people step-by-steps, the thing is, is that um, not many people were down for the whole giant Excel sheet, the Excel equations, you know, and the math. Um, it, when I, was in, when I was in the Navy, I was actually a nuclear engineer and I was a physics major in, in Wisconsin. So I'm all like giddy over the numbers, but people don't really know, no. People aren't normally numbers people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the thing was, is that we started to look at, well, let's, let's create something that does all of that for people and make it as easy as possible for them to understand. And that was like, a lot of development and testing. My goal was, was that my 75-year-old uh, grandmother could use my program and get benefit out of it without me standing over there teaching her how to do it. Um, and so we created this program and it just lays it all out for people so they can quickly know what words people type into Amazon, 
how many competitors there are, the average amount of money the top books make for that keyword, and even the number of people that actually type that phrase into Amazon. Um, so how does this kind of work? Well, let me give you guys a couple of examples, okay? Uh, a long time ago, when I was first starting off, Evernote was this huge thing. Everybody was talking about Evernote. Books were coming out all the time on how to use Evernote. Um, and I had used Evernote a lot. I decided, hey, you know, it'd be great to write a book on it. <laughs> Another person out there. Well, I did my research and I found out, nope, there's a lot of people writing that book. Now, if I hadn't have done all the research that I just talked about, I might have been one of those people who stepped in, created the book, thought it was hot, and got nothing, was never able to rise up to the top. Mm -hmm. But because of my research, though, I found out some great stuff. I found out that people were actually typing more when they searched for Evernote. Um, words that people were using were like Evernote for authors, Evernote for students, Evernote for project management, Evernote for lawyers. See, taking that one thing, I found out there was a hungry demographic uh -huh. inside of Amazon wanting to buy, and there was no book for that demographic. So imagine yourself, you're a lawyer and you go to Amazon and you type in, you know, Evernote for lawyers. Are you going to buy one of the ones that just say Evernote or are you going to buy the one that's specific for your group? And so now someone who's a no name that doesn't have a huge email list or a platform can be the book out of all the thousands that are out there. I'm the book. So the research process itself can help you to not only figure out if your book idea is going to succeed or if there's a market on Amazon, uh, but it can also give you key insight on how you can maybe tailor the book, the book that you want to write so that it has a specific niche market ready for your book. And then you don't have to compete against all these people. Right. And it's almost like a micro niche because you find your niche and then you do the micro niche because exactly. that's exactly who you need to be marketing to because well, you're giving them what they want. Absolutely. And another thing that a lot of authors, you know, that people have done keyword research um, and they don't find success. And, you know, one of the things that I've found is the biggest mistake they make is that they don't, so they find these words, but then they don't truly make sure the book embodies their target words. Okay. This isn't about, I published a book and then I quickly gathered a couple of terms and I threw it into KDP, you know, and hit publish. Right. When you know that your target market is, um, you know, in this case, we'll, we'll stick with lawyers. Don't have a picture on your cover of, you know, a lady sitting behind her desk at home. That's not lawyerish. All right. Don't have a title, you know, that, that still just says Evernote because a lawyer is just going to see that as another book, right. you know, uh, a book description, right? It, when you write your book description, it should be the pain points of your target market. What is it that lawyers are typing it in? Was it, what is it that lawyers want from this book? So you should use their words. And when you have all those things in sync, you'll have a much higher conversion rate. You'll have more sales. You'll make sure that that target demographic is like, oh my goodness, this is the book for me. Don't need to buy those others, just this one. Well, I love how you touched on the description. Let's talk about that a little bit. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I spent all this work on my book and I spent even more time on my title and my cover. I want to make sure it's awesome. And then they throw their book up there and they're like, oh, I need a description. <laughs> and, they, and then they type out two sentences and think they're good. And then they don't sell any and they wonder why. So let's talk about the description. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to give you guys a prime example. Uh, have you ever heard of Battlefield Earth? Uh, it's a science fiction uh, movie. Or, yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, it's kind of a super famous sci-fi book. A lot of the nerds are like, yeah. Um, anyways, so the book was written back in 1986, and it's a sci-fi classic. It was turned into a movie, and it's actually ranked as like one of the top 10 worst movies of all times. <laughs> Not the book's fault. Uh, but anyways, just uh, about six months ago, Galaxy Press came to me and asked uh, to basically look at their book and to find out what's wrong. Because we're talking about sci-fi classic. Why is it not selling as much as it should? Right. Well, what I did was I looked at their AMS, their Amazon marketing services, because they were doing AMS ads. And what I saw was that a lot of people were clicking on their ads, which means they were targeting the right keywords and their title, like it all fit, but they weren't buying the book. And that immediately told me that the problem lied, not in the cover, not in the title, not in the fame, because, you know, it's one of Neil Gaiman's favorite books, according to him. So, you know, like it's got a lot going for it. It was the description because people would land on the sales page and they wouldn't choose to buy it. So I knew what it was. So what I did was I sat down and I rewrote their book description and, uh, which is real honor to be rewriting a famous sci-fi author's book. But what he did wrong, and this is funny to say the two, what he did wrong though, was he wrote a book report. All it was, was telling me the story. It didn't hook me. It didn't, you know, build intrigue or, or, you know, uh, curiosity. It was just a flat out, this happened, this happened, this is what's happening. Here's a character you don't even care about, but I'm going to talk about him. Like, and then cool. That was it. Oh, come on guys. Like, no, 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 no. If I am a fiction reader, I want you to hook me with curiosity. I want you to build, I want you to make sure that this is something more than just uh, a battle between two aliens, you know, or that this is more than just a love fling. Okay. This has got to be something that connects to my entertainment, my soul, and I want to read it. Um, so, and the coolest part was, was that now they're actually marketing their book using the last line of my description as their marketing statement. So now if you go to anything Battlefield Earth, right at the top above the title is the fate of the galaxy lies on Battlefield Earth. <laughs> because that was the key thing. I wanted people to understand this is not just a battle on Earth. This is every alien race is watching to see what happens here. And that makes the story bigger. So, so that's a fiction example. But let me kind of recap on all books, both fiction and nonfiction. First off, when you are writing your book description, you need to, need to, need to spend 80% of your time on that first sentence, okay? And then 20% of your time on the rest. The reason being is that the way Amazon works is that when you land on a sales page, the only thing they show is the first sentence. So that sentence has got to be the best because 100% of all people that land on that page are going to read it. A tiny fraction of that will actually read on to the rest. So make that one amazing. Make it a hook. Make them say, oh my God, I got to read the rest of this. Click the little button that says see more and then read the rest. Um, So focus on that. And again, really make that a hook. So different for all, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Um, Then after that, if you're nonfiction, I highly recommend speaking in benefits, not in features. Okay. If your book shows the five steps on how to quit smoking, well, that's cool. But what's what's the, the benefit from that? you know, less stress and anxiety from our proven steps will help you, you know, like you, 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 we will do this for you. Okay. Uh, In fiction, I also tend to love bullet points. Boom, boom, boom. You know, let it be seen. Let my lazy eyes be able to scroll down and get the the gist of what this will do. Um, And then finally end with a call to action. 
uh, we did an experiment. We found that those book descriptions that have a legit call to action that just reminds them, hey, buy the book, you know, a little bit more style points in there than that, but just telling them this is what you do next. We saw a higher percentage and increase in our conversion rates just from the one thing. And with fiction, again, you want to really captivate them in that first sentence. Remember, it's not a book report. And instead, build up the almost like a climax inside of your own book description and then let them go right to that buy now book or buy now button. Love it. That's great. So much great information. I think it's so key to make sure you have a great description. Most definitely. And for any AMS users out there, if you see, if you're doing Amazon ads and you're not seeing clicks or, you know, anything, that's a good indication your cover's not right. But if you are getting clicks and people aren't buying, then that's an indication your description isn't right. So now we have a mathematical way of actually being able to say, ah, I know what the problem is with my book. People right there and then being able to attack it. I love that. All those things like you talked about, so the Amazon ads, what are the things, so a person launches their book, what do you think they should be using? Should they be spending a budget on Amazon ads? Should they be putting stuff just on social media, trying to do as much free stuff as possible? Um, what would the strategy be? Well, personally, I really love Amazon ads because the fact is, is that uh, when you're advertising on Amazon, you're advertising to people who are trying to find their next book, right? Mm -hmm. That's infinitely easier to get the attention of somebody ready to buy right now than it is to go somewhere else and convince them to stop reading, you know, so-and-so's status, you know, or reading the article on the, you know, Kardashians or something like that. Convince them to stop that and to come on over and then decide to buy right now. A lot harder, right? So in Amazon and AMS, it's basically like, I'm gonna pay you guys a little bit of money in order to put my book in front of the buyer. So I, I, I'm a big fan of that. But the other thing that I tell people too is that there's like a billion ways to market a book. And I've always found that those who have decided that this is going to be the thing I focus on, that I'm going to learn and treat like a skill, they're the ones that actually see more fruition from their labor. The ones who try to do dabble and everywhere, right? They'll do like, okay, I'm going to be on Twitter because I heard that's Twitter, you know, that's good. And I'm going to do Facebook. Oh, Facebook group. I should start that. And Pinterest. Pinterest is hot, you know, and Facebook ads and, and this and that and that. The poor writer just sits there and spins their wheels and they just go in circles and they don't see a lot happen. They don't see a lot of results come from all of this hard work. And it's absolutely frustrating. So to recap that is that when you find one that you truly feel is a good fit for what you like doing, hone in on it, master it, and then you're going to see success. That's, that's, great. that's great advice. So stick with one, try it, see if it's getting success. If it is, stick with it, hone it, master it. If not, then try something else. Move on to the next thing that you think would get you some results. But do it the right way, because like you say, there's good ways and bad ways to do it. Like they weren't seeing the results and, and quantify that, hey, we're not getting the results, but that, could that be from my cover? Could that be from my description? So Absolutely. And uh, you know, the other thing to kind of go on that though, is that one of the problems that I see a lot of people do though, is they pivot a little too much though. So you said kind of like, you know, try this and see, you know, whether, whether it works. I tell you, if you did your market research and you know that there's a market on Amazon willing to buy your book, okay? Mm -hmm. Like they want this subject. Amazon ads will work, right? Because you know the market's there. 
-hmm. So just investing all that time to learn AMS ads. Okay. And then, you know, be like, well, this didn't work for my book and then move on to something else. That's all wasted time. Right? So if you know the market's there and you know that the ads do work, but yours isn't, that's the time to really focus in and figure out what that little thing is. And when you bridge that, you've now got a master skill that will help for all of your books going forward. So I don't say pivot too often, but man, if you've been really working it hard and you've really worked in faith on that one and it's just not happening, uh, then consider pivoting. But don't dip your toe in the pool. I say jump in and freeze a little bit and warm up as you swim around. <laughs> like that. Hey, so let's ask a technical, technical question about Amazon ads. So if you're doing an Amazon ad, say for a Kindle, what's the difference of doing an Amazon ad for your print book? paperback? Well, so right now we can't choose to do print book. We can only choose to do Kindle books. Um, the way that you set up Amazon ads is that you go into your KDP dashboard and then you choose the Kindle book there and then you can click the setup AMS. That's as of right now. I got a feeling Amazon's going to fix that and figure it out. But one of the things that I tell people is that with Amazon ads, highly, highly recommend you do Amazon ads for books that have both a Kindle book and a create space. And if you got it audible, even better. They're the reason all the same being, page anyway, right? Exactly. So if I have paid a little bit of money to get somebody's attention to come from a Amazon search to then click on my book sales page, mm -hmm. some people will be intrigued and they'll do it. But they're audible listeners, right? Or they're physical book readers. And if you don't have those options, you lost a prime content, you know, a prime customer. Mm -hmm. But when you have those, uh, those options, you're going to have a much higher conversion rate. So even though your ad can only be created if you have a Kindle book, your other versions will benefit from the fact that you drove them there from Kindle, but they ended up buying something else. I'm going to ask a, a personal question for our business. We have a whole line of journals and um, uh, fitness journals and things like that. So, and they're just things that you write in. So they're only paperback. What would be the strategy for that? Hmm. Well, let's see. The ability, so one that requires, so it's kind of like also like adult coloring books as well, right? Right. Well, to tell you the truth, I don't think that would be a very good fit for um, AMS ads until they figure this out and you can start doing it for physical copies. Mm -hmm. um, there are, but one of the things I've seen a lot of authors do that might work for you guys though, is that they create like a perma-free book, you know, or they create a book um, and they make it like 99 cents and then they set up the ads to go to the book but the purpose of the book is to be a gateway for other things, okay? So say, for example, you guys have a book that's doing pretty well or could be doing pretty well, just about, you know, fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and inside that book, you can make that book itself be almost like, um, you know, a launch pad for your other books, right? You talk about the importance of, of journaling and then you drop a link to, you know, if you want to journal, here are some great opportunities. So you could use that as kind of a, a, a go-between between, yeah. finding the right market, getting them here, and then they can start buying all your other books. Mm -hmm. And how important are reviews? I, you've talked about reviews I saw on some of your blogs. How important are reviews to getting sales? Well, reviews are like customer testimonials, right? And any sales page should always have testimonials if you want to get people to buy your product. Mm -hmm. um, so first off, if I say, for example, you've identified a keyword you want to rank for, okay? And, so, and you get there at the top. If you've only got two reviews and you know they're like three stars, ain't nobody gonna choose your book over the one below you that's got a hundred, you know, reviews, right. five stars. 
So, and then ultimately the way that Amazon works is that if they see that people are skipping your book and going to somebody else, they'll start to outrank you. So just from a conversion rate, you're going to lose your capability of getting in front of people. Um, but the other thing too, though, is that Amazon does put a weighted value on verified reviews. So there are two types of reviews. One is unverified, one is verified. Unverified means that the person didn't buy the product or book on Amazon, but they decided to leave a review. So therefore, Amazon cannot verify that they actually own the product. But a verified one is where somebody bought the book on Amazon and then they left a review. So Amazon knows they bought it. Um, therefore, Amazon really, like they'll still publish an unverified review, but they don't really, their algorithm, their ability to choose how that affects the book's rankings um, doesn't place much weight or value on it unless okay. it's that. Another thing that plays a big part into how Amazon sees reviews is the frequency and how recent reviews are. So a lot of people get scared when they see that their competitor has 400 reviews. But if they look a little deeper, they may find out that there are only, um, the last review submitted was like a year ago. That means no reviews in a whole year. Amazon's gonna look at that and be like, all right, well, whatever. But your book got 25 this month, you're gonna do a lot better in Amazon's eyes than the book that hasn't gotten a review in over a year. So frequency and how recent is also a very important factor as well. And is there a magic number? Oh, go ahead, Jen. Oh, no, go ahead. Is there a magic number that uh, an author should strive for? Well, I've heard a lot of people say that 25 is like a magic number that they believe that Amazon gives you a little bit more love when you hit 25. I haven't, I've done a lot of experiments. I haven't seen anything that would allow me to state that. And Amazon doesn't come out and say that at all. Right. Um, so I'm not really sure. But one thing I will say is that when you do look at your competitors, it's really a good idea to make sure that you're, you're right there, right? Mm -hmm. So if your competitors are averaging like 10, 10 reviews and it's a four star, Hitting, getting 11 or 12 reviews, five star, will really help you. It'll make your book stand out. More people liked your book over all the others. And, you know, they, they, they wrote glowing reviews. If sense. I'm the person searching, I'm going to choose yours and start with your description and see if that's the book for me. If not, you know, I'll keep going. So absolutely, it's all about comparing your book to your potential competitors and then setting that goal. That makes sense. Right. Well, let's give our, our listeners ideas on how to get reviews. So recently, I'll tell you a quick story. We had one of our authors who got an email from Amazon that basically said that they're not going to approve any of the reviews that he got in the last week because they're all his friends and family and they're connected to him. And we were so confused because we thought that's where you get your reviews at first. You know, I mean, we know there's other places to get reviews, but we thought, well, if you can't get your friends and you can't get your family and you can't get your colleagues or your groups, of, like your Facebook groups, then who can you get to leave reviews? <laughs> well, first off, um, there's a couple of ways that Amazon's able to figure out whether they're friends or family. I think this is a good way to start because um, first off, whoever it is, don't link your Facebook account or your social media to your Amazon account, okay? Um, there's a process to be able to check to make sure that you haven't done that. Uh, but if that's the case, Amazon has the ability to basically figure out who your friends and family are, right? So um, make sure that you're not that way. Uh, and you as the author, as well as, you know, your friends and family, right? Uh, the second thing too, is that if you've ever had the same address, okay, um, Amazon's been tracking us for a very long time. So they're able to basically figure out that you guys lived in the same house at some point. So yeah, not going to happen. Uh, another thing too, is connections between books that have been bought. 
So if this person has bought a lot of your books, right, and um, they're starting, this is a theory of mine, I don't know if this one's true, but if they start to see a lot of connections, okay, if they see that you somehow review like 20 books a day, right, uh, which is impossible, usually it's people that you pay to do reviews, so they're now cutting them out, um, or this person just continuously jumps into your book reviews and your books are all over the place, they're starting to figure that out and cut those people out as well. Um, the thing about reviews too is it's also about the links that you send. So I've got an article. If you just type in like Amazon super URLs, okay, um, you can find that. But what happened is that when you go to Amazon and you type in a keyword, so say for example, your book is how to quit smoking, okay, and you click, you type in how to quit smoking. You then scroll down, you find your book, and then that's the link that you send people. You've basically sent Amazon a tag saying, hey, anybody who clicks this got it directly from me, okay? Um, I don't think that that's enough to make Amazon like jack any reviews that come from you. Mm -hmm. However, though, do understand that that's just one more little red flag that says this person who's leaving these good reviews also knows who it is, okay? Um, and the reason is, is that Inside of that link, just to get a little technical here, because I love doing this, inside that link is called a QID number. And the QID number is the number of seconds since 1980. So when you take that link, okay, first off, it's attached to your account because you're probably logged in. Number two is it's timestamped from when you got it. So now they know that this 100 people that clicked on this link all came from your link. Um, and also there's a little bit of keyword tagging. And I go into detail of it, but I think Amazon's been trying to stop people from doing this black hat tactic that I'm not going to go into here. Um, but I have reason to believe that they're trying to root it out. So to recap on everything, right? One, make sure that the person doesn't have, have their, um, you know, their social media accounts attached to their account as well as yourself. Mm -hmm. Number two, if it's somebody who you guys have lived together or you even have their email, you know, their mailing address in your, in your uh, contact book inside of Amazon, like that's a big no, no. And number three is make sure you're using a clean link, okay? Um, and you, again, just Google uh, Amazon Super URLs and you should find the Kindlepreneur article there and it shows you exactly what link you should use um, so that it's clean and it's not linking these people back to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom and, and everything. We'd like to keep going on the interview, but we wanna make sure it's not too long. So uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can uh, find you where they can find more information. And if you have any um, offers, you can, you can give them that. Sounds good. Well, first off, uh, you can find me at kindlepreneur.com. That's like Kindle Entrepreneur. And um, I have a contact page there. If I've gone over anything that might've like been too fast or I didn't cover something, go ahead and hit me up there. Uh, I still, to this day, answer every one of them. <laughs> it's getting a little harder as the days go by, but uh, it's good. Also, the software that we talked about is called kdprocket.com. So if you're interested in learning about what the market looks like and how to gain a competitive advantage over other authors, I recommend checking that out. It's also got a great feature to help out with the AMS keywords. Um, and the big offer, the thing that I highly recommend is that if anybody is interested in learning AMS, I have a fully free course on all things AMS. It's just go to amscourse.com, that's it. Um, and it'll teach you everything you need to know to be able to turn around and do it. And it's 100% free. Awesome. That's awesome. We're going to watch it for sure. <laughs>
Really appreciate you, Dave. Great interview. A lot of great tips for everybody um, and insight. Man, we're, I was taking notes. So if you saw my head going down because it was I was writing stuff as we were going, it was really awesome. So uh, awesome. thank you for joining us. And uh, again, if you like this podcast, please leave us a message, like us, share the podcast with your friends. We always like having you here on our podcast. And if you want to reach us and write a book, contact us at EliteOnlinePublishing.com. We make all our authors number one bestsellers. So we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Elite Online Publishing, the brand building publisher. They help you write, sell, and market your book online. Check them out at EliteOnlinePublishing.com. Also by Book Writing Retreats. Spend six days at the beach and have your book written by the time you get home. Check out bookwritingretreats.com and find your way to the beach to write your book.